Hi, welcome to another episode of 52 in 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year, record an episode about it. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Rogue One. So Josh and I today, were joined by our friend Richard. Richard works at ESPN, writes for college football, and... Um, He's at SB Nation now. Oh, you're at SB Nation now. Okay. Worked Worked at ESPN. Sorry. And uh, uh, Josh and I felt like we sort of needed some new blood on the podcast a little bit, mix it up, make it a little more interesting. And uh, Richard really wanted to talk about Star Wars, so it seemed like a perfect opportunity. So welcome, Richard. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. You guys are you guys are dedicated, man. If uh, <laughs> if college football counts as a movie, then I watch a shitload of movies. Yeah, I mean they're <laughs> three hours long plus, so you know it's uh, they're they're longer than movies for the most part. Sure. Um, all right, so we're going to talk about Rogue One. Um, if you're listening to this, you know what Star Wars is. I don't need to explain it to you. Uh, this latest <laughs> and- installment is directed by Gareth Edwards, stars people and. Um, I don't know. Where do you want to start, Josh? Should we start with Richard, or what do you what do you want to do? Well, first of all, first of all, I just want to say uh, we normally like first a movie that at least has a story like this. We normally do a spoiler section, but it's like Star Wars. Everyone sees Star Wars. I don't feel the need to like do a spoiler section because it's not like we're trying to sell people on seeing it or not seeing it, and then like make a decision. So I don't think we should worry about that. Yeah, we're yeah we're just gonna talk openly, and there's I don't really think there's that much to spoil to be honest. So. First, well, first of all, where I want to start is, Richard, I know you were very excited after you saw the movie. Like, what's your relationship with Star Wars? Because Anthony and I are a little different in that he had never seen a Star Wars movie before last year. And I haven't actually seen the, the first six in a while, even though I had seen them before last year. So do you go really far back? Are you a big fan or did this movie just excite you? So you wanted to talk about it? No, I uh, yeah, I go back. I go way back. Um, I probably saw that my so my best friend, uh, my oldest best friend who. Uh, it was my neighbors growing up, like all growing up across the street neighbors. They were big Star Wars fans. Um, and so they got me into it um, when I was young, like right around the time the prequels were rolling out. I think the first prequel came out, what, 99, I think, Nine, probably? Yeah, I think that's when Ninth Menace came out. Um, so I would have been six around that time. Um, and they got me into those. And then when I got to, I guess, middle school and they like came out on DVD, I remember my mom bought me the um, the original prequel or the uh the original four, trilogy five, six, yeah yeah four five and six on like dvd like this nice like dvd box set that i still have um and it's got this like really long documentary um about how like the entire saga and then when the third one came out um and came out on dvd there was this there i have another documentary on that dvd which is like how they like everything about how they made the movie and i remember wow. seeing those two documentaries um like really kind of like just got me jazzed up about like how like this universe and like how it works and how it fits together and like how they tell the the story because obviously like it's a movie and so at the end of the day like it is a story and it is a fantastic the the, the different elements of it like it is a really fantastic story. Obviously, the way it's told in some of the movies could use some work, and that's fine. But like the the nostalgia that you get wrapped in um, when you watch it and when you talk about it and when you think about Star Wars is just one of the things that has always captured my attention. It's just one of those like little pop culture things that is just really special. Well, I'm glad you mentioned nostalgia because that's something <laughs> that's something that Anthony, Anthony and I talked a lot about when we did our Force Awakens podcast last year. Is that I think. Uh, people that were more familiar with it than me might have like actually docked a few points before it's unoriginality, but at the same time, other people were like just probably 
conversely gave it more points because like it did evoke so much nostalgia because it did have some similarities to a new hope so as someone that is obviously really familiar with the originals like were you how did you feel about the force awakens and were you one of those people that's like uh this is just too much that was a little too similar to the original one i'm really excited for rogue one and you just really enjoyed having a different story like where are you on that so the force i think the the i don't think the force awakens has aged very well for me personally, um, or probably will age very well for me personally. Okay, first and foremost, let's talk about this. And we'll get to like the individual elements of Rogue One later, I assume. Yes. Rogue One is the best out of all eight of them. Whoa. And, like, I'm not like I'm not even really here for discussion. Like we'll <laughs> argue about it and we'll talk about it a little bit later. Rogue <laughs> One is the best Disclaimer, out of all the hosts of the I, podcast don't feel the same way. I need to get that off my chest. We'll yell about it. (laughs) Um, But here's my thing with um, my thing with the force awakens is I am hoping that in the broader context of the third trilogy, which is, I guess what they're doing now um, that the force awakens becomes just like the setup and like the, Hey, you know, we had to do it and we had to make it and we had to tell the story in this way to set up what's going to be a really cool episode eight and nine. I am hoping that, um, but in a vacuum, the force awakens, it was good. I think it was probably better. I think it was better than one and two, um, episode one and two, um, easily. I mean, it, it, it's, it it was fine. I, I didn't leave the nostalgia. I think you guys are right. The nostalgia that I have probably elevates it a little bit more. Like it's, it's just like episode four. I mean, yeah. if you want to take it out of context, like it's just like episode four. But I think the nostalgia, the weight, um, the the you know the effects and the you know, all that kind of stuff, um, I think kind of elevated a little bit higher than it probably is on its own right. Okay, well then, I think Anthony might have even had a slightly stronger reaction to Rogue One than I did, so we kind of got where you were on it, Richard. So, I mean, how do you feel about this? Like, because we were we were still tempered on the Force Awakens. I think I I, I probably liked it better than Rogue One, but how, what was your reaction liked to this? It better than Rogue One. So oh, so, so, so so just, uh, <laughs> so just so I think I I'm I'm pro- I mean like I definitely am not anywhere near like Richard is on Rogue One, but I think you might have had an even stronger reaction to it than I did at Clam. So like, where are you on it exactly, and what what's, what kind of set Rogue One apart for set um, Force Awakens apart from you? Uh, there were actual characters in in Force Awakens, and there were zero characters in Rogue One. That's probably a good place to start for me. There are zero characters in Rogue One. <laughs> there are zero oh, characters in Rogue One. Oh my goodness! I thought they did about as about as good as they could do. I thought that in Rogue One, I thought that they set up a pretty wide array of characters in a fairly short amount of time. And then, given the fact that they killed them all off like two hours later, like I felt that what we needed to care about these people and robot. Um, I felt that like they did the requisite amount of, of work and story arc and all that kind of stuff to make us like care about them. Yeah. Well, I, I, I will say for that very, the very last, uh, not the very last scene, but like the part where you see the bomb go off and they're hugging each yeah. other at the end, like yeah, the forced, should they kiss moment? Yeah. That, that moment. Well, oh, well, I, yeah, I didn't totally like that. I don't know <laughs> if that was set up well enough, but like just the moment in which they're hugging as the, the, the bomb yeah, goes off sure. and everything. Like That's I right. did feel something in that moment. Like, and so I, and I was left thinking as I left the movie, like, 
does that mean I, the movie was great because I felt something there? And the more I thought about it, it's like, wait, I can't really remember any of those characters' names besides oh. Jen. And well, if, they, if, if they're supposed to be, I, I think the, the, like the point of these standalones, you know, this and, you know, the Han Solo that's going to come next year or whenever, like, I think that the, the points of those are different than the points of the new trilogy. Like the, the, the new trilogy is a, or I hope, or should be a longer arc, a longer play. They're going to flesh these guys and girls out, um, you know, over another movie or two. Uh, but with Rogue One, like you got to get it all in in two and a half hours. Um, so, so you think they did that? Like, what 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 do the characters actually work for you then? Like, who who, who what did the most for you? Because I mean, like, I like I I think I like Felicity Jones as an actress a little more than Anthony does, but like, and I think she was like fine with what she was given, but like, I still can't tell you really the first thing about her other than she had a criminal record, and I don't really know a ton about her. And I think like yeah, we we got the idea that Cassian had been fighting for a while and he was just kind of like sick of it and he was really like he'd been fighting the cause for a while he gives one speech there and other than that i really can't tell you a lot about like why why these people were doing what they were doing other than like they just believe in the rebel cause and i couldn't really tell the first thing about any of them as a person so what what worked for you the most about how they set up this crew i, I really like jen um okay. i think that they they gave her the backstory that was fine um what and backstory? I, I think what backstory did she have they gave her enough backstory of, you know, the parents and the Empire comes, gets the parents, da 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 I think I would have liked to have had more of the, like, her teenage years. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that would have waited. Except that would have also entailed more Forrest Whitaker, which I would have not liked. Yeah, that, like, if, if anybody could have not been in that movie, surprisingly. Um, I could have really done without the, Forrest Whitaker. The problem like, is, though, his, his character is fine as, like, what he's supposed to be in relation to her, in relation to his dad, and in re- relation to the Rebellion. But he plays it just so terribly. Yeah, me. I, like, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was just kind of, I thought it was, like, over the top, I think. Yeah, and then, he's just bad at acting, I think, now in 2016. And now I thought that was tough, um, but I like Jen. Um, I did like the male counterpart. I like that they, you know, they kind of ended up doing the lovey-dovey love story at the very end. But it, for most of the movie, it didn't look like they were going to go that way, which, yeah, which I, is fine. Yeah, I like that. I like. I don't think everybody has to always be in love. Uh, all right. Well, here's my problem with Jen. Right? They don't have the whole movie is is everybody knows the ending of the movie, right? So, Well, see, I didn't know they are going to kill them all off. No, no, no. I did but not. everybody knows they get the plans to the Death Star, right? Like that's, yeah, yeah. We know that's going to happen. So for something like we're not really – the draw is not are they going to get the plans or are they not going to get the plans. So in a movie like this that's supposed to be a standalone movie, which I don't buy for this movie, um, they need to build characters and they need you to care about the characters. And I – didn't care about a single character, save for maybe Donnie Yen. Um, and Jin, like, th- the whole thing is predicated on her relationship with her father, and they literally d- show us one scene, and it's her as a kid, and her father says, go hide in the in the tunnel, or in the cave, whatever you want to call it, and that's it. They don't have any other scenes together for you to, like, care about their relationship or see them, like, being happy together, father-daughter stuff, and then, like, all of a sudden... She just like – to me, she's like an amoeba and like every scene, she just kind of uh, – whatever the – whatever fits 
like how she should feel is how she feels without any motivation whatsoever. Like in the broader context of the whole, all eight of them, I feel like like pretty much everything is predicated on like you understand you understand the way like fathers like play into everything in the series. I, yeah, I think they all suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, they're all absentees. There's no nuclear family. I, I, like, I, I look at it in a sense of if I am building out a series, um, or excuse me, if I am building out a standalone series or a standalone movie, God, that exists within this series of movies, I think I'm making certain assumptions about my audience. Sure. Yeah, because, you know, you can't all fit it in two and a half hours. And I think one of them is I don't have to show you or even really tell you everything about like a father-daughter relationship. I've got to say that it's there. This is why he went away. This is where she went in the interim. She's trying to get back to him. Boom, you get She's it. not trying to get back to him, though, until the rebellion calls her out, calls her up and gets her, though. That's the but thing. I feel like there was- I felt like she didn't have an avenue to get back to him or it didn't really matter that she got back to him. You see, I agree, Richard, that I don't think that they need to hold our hand and show us every little thing along the way. But I think in this movie, if a lot of it does rely on that hedge, hedge on that relationship, I do think there was a lot of stuff just in the middle between the beginning and the end of this movie that like might have been a little bit of fat that could have been cut that I just can't even tell you what happened. Honestly, and maybe some of that time could have been spent just adding a couple more scenes at the beginning. I think they should have had less characters. Because nobody gets enough time to develop any legitimate backstory to me. Zero, yeah, they, they, zero characters. They, they wasted Riz. So much. They wasted yeah, Riz. Yeah, His dialogue so. was – like Star, I know Star Wars is corny and Star Wars is cliche. But this movie literally took every opportunity to make the corny joke possible. And like especially with K2SO, more so than C-3PO and R2-D2, like those were funnier to me and more appropriate than K2SO is just like – uh, I just had enough of his. Uh, well, I did. I I, 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 I I did laugh at him some, but at the same time, I'm like, this is just like a person wearing armor. He didn't even seem like a robot at a certain yeah. point. But I did laugh at it, some of him. I mean, yeah, like, I think they good to have that because if they, we, if they didn't have him, we'd be complaining that it was too dark. And it, they didn't it was. Any. It was the movie isn't any fun. Is another problem, but that's. But I don't think every single one has to be like as fun as like the Force Awakens like tried to be in that manner. Like it doesn't have to be a lap fest. No, but see, but- I I love that they took it the dark way. I like or a darker way because I think that, that like if these are supposed to stand alone, like even with just as 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 small as they didn't even have a crawl at the beginning, like if these things are supposed to stand alone. I think you've got to you've got to give this its like its own flavors. This, Something that makes it distinctive. Yeah, this is a war movie and a heist movie combined that happens to be set in Star Wars. I agree. And I, I, agree. I think they did that. But so we I, do I, all agree maybe that one thing that could have helped a lot was just getting rid of a couple, uh, just maybe two of the characters. I th- Yes, I would 1,000% agree with that. But I yeah, think I that... Think... Go ahead, Richard. Go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I, I just... I don't... I just don't think it worked. I appreciate trying to be different. I just don't think it worked for this movie. Like for me, the, yeah. the standalone – a standalone movie is going to be Han Solo and Chewie doing a crazy, stupid, silly stuff <laughs> in space with girls that has – is in the Star Wars <laughs> universe but does not directly relate to future or past stories, which is where I don't think this movie really counts as a standalone movie to me. It's well, a I prequel. It's not a standalone movie. 
I think you're going to get that in yeah, whatever. That's helps. what I'm saying. But th- that's the difference in what I think Rogue One could have been just a heist of something or like her as a rebellious person rather than, okay, we have to steal the Death Star. Like, I don't give a fuck about how they stole the Death Star. <laughs> Well, it could have been something just a little more. Ta- it could have been something just a little more tangential. It could have been just. Yes. It could have been going on in the same time period, but been a little more tangential because it does feel weird calling it a standalone when it is actually so integral to the uh, actual Star Wars uh, yes. story. And I understand like they don't talk about these characters, so they sort of like. I appreciate ending the arc. That's that's cool. Like, I appreciate the end. Like nobody lives, and it's sort of like dark, like you said. I just – there were like – how many deaths did we have that were like slow-mo or like people staring at each other, like nine or ten? Like, all right. But I think that's – I think that goes back to your to your initial thing of you had too many characters. Yeah, that's you what I'm saying is I didn't characters. care, you I didn't had to care away about with them. them. Sure. Yeah. I just didn't care about them because they didn't – I don't think they spent enough time with anybody for me to care. How about the how about the dark side people, guys? We've been, I think we've been talking a lot about the crew middle, that was actually Middle manager the Ben Mendelsohn is the villain for some reason. Right. <laughs> He's just a middle manager of the empire, and he's. But but I but I like that though. I no, like the he's idea. Michael Scott of the empire. <laughs> he really he really is. <laughs> I do like that idea though of like what is like you have freaking Darth Vader who's over here like just like so powerful with the force and everything, and there's this like Ben Mendelsohn that's like people are shitting on him because like his his Death Star wasn't good enough, and he's just really flustered and frustrated, and it's like people like this that aren't like super powerful with the force have some kind of role and how do they interact with everyone else? Like I actually kind of like that idea and I think he's always good in everything he does. Um, Still a little bit too bare though. Okay. Sweet cape. Sweet cape. I I think that, I think that I liked, I think I liked the idea of what they wanted director Krennic to be in a sense of giving us a different, like, yeah, I think that they did this in the prequels, and it's one of the things that people hate about the prequels, but it's actually one of the things I like about the prequels, essentially setting up like the political structure of the Empire. Sure. Because it's like the Empire, like it, you've got probably you've got the best movie villain ever. OK, that's fine. Um, sure. But you've got to sh- like it can't just always be. Like bad, you know, bad, bad, bad. Like yeah. you've got to give me a relative human element in this empire, and I think that's what they did with Krennic. Like this guy is like beefing with Tarkin and like going to Vader to like whine about yeah. how he's like beefing with Tarkin and all this kind of stuff, and then like Tarkin blows him up anyway, yeah. which is <laughs> awesome. Um, but like I like I I loved that aspect of it. Um, I, you know, I think they. I think they tried to establish him as more ruthless than he is in that very beginning scene. Sure. Um, like, yeah, oh, like I, more I, talk than than do. Sure. Yeah. Like, I, I think they. I, I think I could. I could have gone without both times. Like when he flew into Jen's house, and then mm-hmm. when he flew into Jen's dad's like base. Like yeah. you know, when he brings yeah. the brass and all that kind of stuff. He like. He's not it, you like you said it perfectly. Like, he's just like a middle manager. Like he's not that yeah. like guy. And I think yeah. they tried to make him like part like mini Governor Tarkin, and then obviously kind of give him his own little space in the story. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they needed a human element given that we had CGI robot guy and Darth Vader. So, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, CGI Tarkin not not great. 
we can. It sounds like that didn't bother you as much, Richard, did it? You it were did. saying you enjoyed Tarkin. I, you know what really did bother me? CGI, uh, CGI Leia ripped oh, yeah. Carrie Fisher. Oh my god! CGI Leia, I thought was like really bad. It like, was really so, but I, so was Tarkin to me. So I don't know. I think that I, I think that you couldn't. The weird thing is, I I saw somebody. I couldn't remember where. I think I saw it on Twitter. Someone was like, they should have just kept it the back, like just just seen the buns. Um, sure. And the back of Leia's head, and had her like deliver that line. Sure. Um, but then it maybe it would have been weird because you already showed us like a lot of CGI Tarkin yeah. that maybe everybody would have said, "Well, why the hell didn't you just CGI Leia?" Yeah. But then you did CGI Leia, and it was kind of weird. Or, but yeah. Or maybe don't have like a fan servicey moment where they have to bring Leia and give her the actual USB Death Star plans. Yeah. I don't know. Is there, maybe it's like an IP reason. Could, could, could they have just used the actual footage from A New Hope? I mean, I guess yeah, it wasn't a Dis- yeah. it wasn't a Disney property then, sure so I didn't know. Have. Well, they absolutely could have. Was yeah. it was it actually? I haven't looked this up. Was it actually Carrie Fisher's voice? I mm-hmm. I, I was I thought it was like no. a modulated Carrie Fisher's voice. Like they. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't. I'm know. not I mean, sure, but that's it what was I one. But yeah. I always wonder. Like I wondered, uh, was it? You know, yeah. But the, the CGI Tarkin was an interesting move because at the end of Revenge of the Sith, it wasn't CGI. No. It was a real guy. Yeah. That you saw standing next to well, Vader. It was a real it was a real dude, but they CGI'd his face. He's a face. Yeah. yeah. They CGI'd um, face. The the only suggestion I've seen that I would have liked was the guys from Half in the Bag. Shout out to best movie reviewers. Um, they said that they should have just beamed him in like a hologram that way. It wouldn't like every time they needed him, he would be like on a hologram, like Jin's dad was, um, and that would have made a lot more sense in order, like, to do a CGI and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we, we've kind of been arguing a little bit about it, but Anthony, what did you actually like? Uh, the action scenes were good. Um, they were a little boring at first, but they were uh, like the actual like action of them was really good. Um, uh, honestly, I really didn't like Cassie and Diego very much, but every like everything else was was pretty good. I did um, laugh a lot on uh, Half in the Bag where they where he oh, called him Guy McAccent. Guy McAccent, <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I, literally everything they said is how, like, how I feel about the movie. He, well, he's he's been around for a while, and I, I mean, I was happy for him that he got to be in a movie like this. I just um, we obviously disagree a little bit with Richard on that, but I wish he had been given a little more of a character to play because I'm fine with him just as an like, actor. Yeah, to begin with. the thing that he was, the thing that I liked about his character was that. Like he, like you know, he was kind of savage. Like he just killed that dude at the beginning when he yeah. tried to get information, and like, we sure kind of, did. We kind of <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> and he was gonna kill her dad, and like, but the thing is, he has this like change of uh of heart moment, right? And then he's like, "You're not the only one who's been through shit." And then they Didn't just cut to that, the, then the they way. cut to the next scene. And it's like, wait, what? What have you been through? Like, can you? Yeah, that me? was the. Can you I show me something? That. Well, that's the thing is like. It, this guy's like, listen, like you're not the only one who's been through shit, and it's sort of like Jin is like, oh fuck, right, like this makes sense. You guys have been fighting forever, and I'm just here for two hours Steal, stealing shit, and that's what my life's been. Yeah, you know? and you guys have actually been fighting the good fight, and then they just skip over it, and it's just like, ugh, like give me something to care about him. Otherwise, I just he's just another guy that's there to play middleman between rebellion and and heroin. What I, will, what I will say is like because there, there is that talk where the, he does talk a little bit about how he's been fighting this for a while. And I feel like there was a lot of time they were actually on the ship together when I can't actually tell you what they talked about aside from that scene. And even if it's they not like a 35 percent probability of dying. 
That's that too. But like, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, like, in it doesn't have to be funny. But like, part of what makes uh, Guardian such a good movie, I know it's a, yeah. a different thing. Is that like yeah. that that movie? Say what you will about the Marvel movies, kind of all being a little bit the same. But like that one's really distinctive because those scenes with them on their ship in that movie, they actually make the most I mean, of them. It's, it's the not just like we're going with, from point A to point B. It's the same way with and, four, five, six, and Force Awakens with Harrison Ford and Chewie and and Boyega and Daisy Ridley. Like they're always. They they were always like having fun with each other on the ship and doing like small crazy antics that were part of a five minute scene and it just gives it so much more life than Rogue One had. Yeah, but this isn't that goes back to I think the central theme of this movie as a standalone. This movie isn't supposed to be like fun. Sure, but like this movie. Just tell me about the characters then. Tell me some depressing shit. I don't care. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm saying they they don't have to be cracking jokes. I just like if they had just had more meaningful conversations. I think when they're traveling around and stuff, I would have like been able to care a little bit more when people start dropping like flies during the battle scene. Like I feel like people start like they they did kind of make it clear who was dying when. There were a couple ones that were was hard to pick up. Like everyone kind of got their send off moment a little bit more. But I think all those moments land a little bit more if everyone there just has a few, a few more minutes of screen time and dialogue. And I, I, I just care. I mean, regard, not, not that every single one of them needs to be a richly developed character, but like, I really couldn't tell you what the, going back to Riz, like, I still can't tell you what, the, what that guy was. Like, I mean, we, we got a little bit more that like, we, we understand why like Finn did his thing in the force awakens. Like, I guess that guy talked a lot to, uh, to, to Matt Galen Wilson, and that, yeah. that, that kind of made him want to leave, but we still really didn't feel, still didn't totally understand why. And I feel like if I understand that journey that he went on a little more, his death is just much more powerful. But instead, it's like, oh, he's going into the ship and it's blowing up. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I agree. They, they didn't really do him any favors. He had some personality in the scene where he was captured, like correcting the alien dude. Like, no, I gave it to him. I told him where it was. He didn't take it from my sock or my shoe or whatever. And then the rest of the movie, he's just side character giving generic dialogue. And it's like disappointing because he can act and. It just sort of like this facade of diversity that they had just because they had a female lead and then one other – two other speaking female roles in the entire movie. To to, uh, to to piggyback off what you said though, just for me to say something else positive, I did think the action was really good. Yeah, Gareth, I, yeah and I like the action in Godzilla too, so I don't know if this is anything about me, but – no, I've never seen Godzilla, but like I just I mean it, it, that that whole entire final battle sequence, it was more it was more visually impressive than just about anything in The Force Awakens. It's just I guess that's just kind of how I view movies a little bit more. Is like I want a little bit more of the I just I, I want a little I, I I'm willing to sacrifice some of that if I just care about the people a little bit more. But Me like like I just actually rewatched the last hour and a, hour and ten minutes or so of The Force Awakens the other day, and like the action in there is it's fine. Uh, but like I just this was this was definitely very impressive to look at. I think. It's really cool that whole setting they did. It's like I can't even imagine where they filmed that. Uh, yeah, the, the I think the best out of all of it, I think the best part about it was they took us to a different place mm-hmm. um, with a with a beach, you know, a beach theme or a beach plant, I guess we should say. Yeah, um, yeah they, they took us to a different place. I, like I said, the, the like I saw this movie as a war movie and a heist movie, and they those two things were the best parts about this movie. Those two things were what were supposed to set this movie apart, and I think it's what did set this movie apart. Um, and I think it being so different and is why it stands out, and I think it's why the, why it's the best. Um, mm. I like I the like I said earlier, like the the other seven, like if we're really talking about them, it is a low bar relatively to clear like individual movie basis, like 
the two you would actually, or the three, I'm weird. I like episode three a lot. Um, <laughs> like the, the, the three that are like legitimately good movies, three, five, and six. I like four, four's fine. Um, but three, five, and six are legitimately good movies to me. Um, and Is so three the one with the lava. Yeah. Three's <laughs> the one with the lava. Like I really like episode three. Um, but I, I think that because of this movie being different in the pacing, they were able to keep it tense. Um, at the end, they were able to, I felt the the set pieces were big and they were loud and they were able to kind of drop shoes at different places in a sense of the pacing of the action and the pacing of, you know, the heist and, and getting through the shield and getting out and all that kind of stuff. Like I thought the pacing of the, I guess the last act or the third act of it, um, was pretty good and it kind of, it was more of a, an even keel, um, than it was like a lot of ups and downs. Like I think they, and I think that the, um, the amount of characters I think there plays into why that was good because they were able to bounce around a lot of different places and say, Oh, well, you've got Jen and the other guy in the, you know, the catalog tower or whatever. And then you've got the two dudes on the beach and then you've got the people trying to get into the shield uh, thing. And then you've got Krennic like chasing them. Um, and then you've got the guy in the ship, like trying to hold that down and stuff like that. So you were able to have different action at different spots and you were able to bounce us around and kind of stay engaged and never really like drop the level of intrigue or the level of, of action. Um, because we had so many different places to go. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Say, go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say, I wasn't totally like bored or anything. I just think I would have been a lot more engaged if I did care about the people more. But I do like what you said about the tenseness of it because I do agree that I felt some of that. And that's what it has going for it in that you just don't know which of these people are going to make it out alive. I kind of had an inkling most of them were going to die at some point once they started talking about that shield closing. I'm like, yeah, I think they might be headed in this direction. But And also it's just like these people aren't mentioned in the other movies. And so those two things combined just made me think maybe they're all probably going to die. But you still think – there's a chance some of them might get out whereas like when i'm watching the force awakens like i i, I don't think the han solo dying was really surprising but like i expected just about it i i, I didn't think it was that surprising I, I but like i think just about everyone else that i expected to make it out of that movie part of which because i knew they'd already started we're about to start filming eight and i just think i knew that most of them were going to be in it where it's like with something even if this isn't a standalone like we talked about earlier this might not actually be a true standalone like you still you still know that in the back of your mind like they're not making they're not about to make another movie where any of these characters are going to be in it so it just it has that going for it and it's like you don't actually know who's making it out and that that does grab you to a certain extent when you're simultaneously have a really good action scene like that going on okay i see i didn't really think any of it was that tense because i already knew what was going to happen Um, And I didn't care about the characters enough to be emotional or tense about their demise or uh, uh, staying alive. And and then when you have like 10 people and all of them die, then it sort of diminishes the like effect of death at the same time for me. So once like uh, Donnie Yen dies and then you're like, oh shit, that's sad. He's cool. And then they're like, cut to the next scene. Next guy dies. Cut to the next scene. Next guy dies. And it's like, at that point, it's not it's not tense anymore because it's just uh, – and then after that, it just becomes generic action movie with I'm about to go do this plan and then there's a ship that stops me and then 
villain comes to point a gun at me and tell me the entire plot as soon as I'm about to click the button and then person <laughs> you think is dead comes back from the dead and saves me right when the bullet's about to go off. And so I don't know. Th- that part didn't really sit well with me. But uh, the other thing about the action is this movie is wholly different because they don't – there's no Jedi. There's no force in the movie. So they're able to have more – like the action scenes are just going to be different than when people are fighting with lightsabers or fighting with the force because it's more hands-on in your face, like actual, like, you know, you're going to, you might get shot from something you need like tactical, whatever, um, much more so like actual war movie, which is always tense rather than, uh, force or Jedi stuff, which is a part of the other seven movies now. Well, no, I, I do agree on that, actually. Like I like I said, I, I was still a little intrigued just to see who's going to die. But like I said earlier, like it would have had a lot more impact on me if I cared more about the people. But it did still like – like I said at the very beginning, when I left the theater, it did still have an impact on me. And even though everyone died, like you said, that might – in, in a way diminish it if no one does make it out alive like i think that what really moved me more so than caring about those characters which is like i did understand the sacrifice they made and i think sure. like that that shows like some people might like some people that are really cynical might just be like well like we know they're going to get the plans of the death star why, why do we need to make a movie we know the ending and i think that that i think that just that having that emotional impact on me at the end where it does hit me like wow these people really just like went on the suicide mission like it, that just that i had that feeling even if i didn't care about the characters as much as i should i think that told me that like even if I didn't love the, love the movie in the way I would have wanted to, there are there there was still a point in making this, and there and that is it right there. Is that like you have these characters making that choice gives you enough of uh, it leaves enough of an impression on you that I think there is something there, and there are the bones of a really good movie if you just fill in the color in between the lines well enough. I think that it would have been more compelling if we almost like knew that it was a suicide mission, even more so. Because, uh, like, we always have these movies um, where even, like, Guardians, where it's, like, like you, you brought it up earlier. You, they always, like, all right, well, like, this is our only chance. Like, we, you know, there's only six of us who are sure we all want to go, and then everybody decides to go. And then they end up, like, making it out, right? Like, that's usually how the arc of movies goes. So if you have the, like, sort of same setup, and then you sort of deviate with, like, no, we all fucking die, <laughs> even though we, we, like, complete our task. You know, you know, you sort of understand what I'm saying relative to, like, some movies where they talk about, like, you know, we might not all make it, whatever, whatever, and then people make it and it's happy. And, and I feel like you could have had some kind of differentiation or shift if you had sort of played on that and then actually had everybody die. And I don't know. Mm, it's a thought. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I, I just I, I can't say this is the best the best Star Wars movie. But again, I don't have nostalgia for it. I've seen them all now and I, you know, I like some of them. I like Force Awakens well enough. I think the characters are much more compelling there regardless of the story being a carbon copy of episode four so i don't know all right well i'm trying to think if i if there's if there's anything else we didn't touch on uh i mean we didn't didn't talk about about yeah sorry go ahead richard well we haven't talked about the end well haven't we all seen the end before the very no no the very end the Vader scene. Yeah, the Vader scene. Oh, oh, oh. There, okay. has been, there have been words written on the internet about the Vader scene. Yes. We have not spoken to the Vader. Words Vader scene. claiming it's the best Star Wars scene of all time. I, I like, I would caution that. I don't think so at all, but that's just. I would say probably, I would probably say the most surprising. I See, I did, I did not think that was going to happen. Yeah. Um. I didn't think they were going to go that way, um, and I didn't think it was going to be that cool. Um, 
I think that I, I like the duel of the fates more than that as like a standalone, like scene. Um, uh, but it was, I mean, it was so awesome. I mean, it's, it's awesome. And the, the biggest thing that I think is cool at it. Are we talking about the hallway scene? Yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I was, I was, uh, I couldn't remember there was something else after that where he was in it again that you're referring to. I got, no, no, no. I I think the, the biggest and best part about it is essentially for the last, when did Return of the Jedi come out? 80, 85, 1985? Uh, is that six? 86, okay. No, so is that uh, episode six you're saying? Yeah, episode six. Uh, yeah, episode it was eight, eight, 83, 83. 83, okay. So like where you made him a kid and little Annie and, and then you make him this moody teenager with, you know, with a wife and all this stuff, whatever. Um, but, he, but he killed the younglings. Is that neutering? Yeah. You, yeah. You killed the younglings like that's and, and the, and the, the, the sand people on Tantooine when they, when they mess with his mom. All right, whatever. Like <laughs> besides that, like, but you know, you like, I walk into target and I see Darth Vader's, you know, mask on a shirt and it says like, Happy holidays or whatever. <laughs> like, it's like this is like the biggest movie badass in like cinematic history should be, and you've spent the last three decades like neutering him into this just like pop culture like arbiter for Star Wars or or you know evil or whatever. But you don't like. When's the last time you saw him being like truly, truly evil? The youngling scene, maybe. All right. But that scene, like that, was bad. Like that was evil. Like that was, that was it. Like that is like what Darth Vader's essence like should always be. Like epically evil. Yeah. Interesting point. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah, and that, the the driving home point to me, sort of, of that scene is that's sort of where Ben Mendelsohn's character shines in Tarkin because you like, Darth, everybody knows like Darth Vader has his power, but he's just like the last resort of like. Uh, like, yeah, like, 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 uh, you know, last resort of who you're going to send in to like finish the job, right? Like, he's the boss man who doesn't like he's the boss man because he's all powerful, but he usually doesn't like he doesn't want to go. He wants people to do his shit for him. If they can't do it, is like the 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 last thing that'll push him to do it. And he was like, "Fuck it!" And then he just murks all the henchmen with his <laughs> lightsaber in the force. So, also, and like they're like, and, and like they. They were able to distill, I think in that scene, like that was like real like terror that they were able to distill in a sense of like those guys like screaming, like they know like the jig is up, like all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like the, like that was like I think really well done. I think also the, the other small Vader thing that I just kind of liked because I think I liked the scene that I talked about earlier with Obi-Wan and Anakin fighting is they kept him on Mustafar. Like, they, like, established that, like, Mustafar is, like, where he, like, literally, like, lives. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, they don't really ever establish, like, a home for him in 4, 5, and 6. But, yeah. like, they kind of showed – it was a very small thing, but they showed, like, oh, like, he, like, stayed there and he's in that, like, whatever, like, chemical bath yeah. thing, whatever. Um, I, they just added a little element to the character. And, you know, if he's the coolest character in movie history, like, more of him is better. Um in a different way. And I think they did that pretty well. Yeah. No, he was, he was fine. He was good. It was a good scene. I don't think it's the best Star Wars scene ever though, which is, I think just people having a recency bias, but I think that's pretty normal with 
A, most IP, and B, especially Star Wars. I don't know if you mm-hmm. have any other thoughts on that. Uh, uh, I didn't have a lot to add to it. I mean, I thought it was cool visually, but like I, I don't have enough of a recent history watching the first the first six movies to really be able to contextualize it and say it's better than anything else. But like the fact that like I was like, wait, are you talking about that scene? Should show that it wasn't like the yeah. end all be all for me. I was like, yeah. wait, are you talking about something else? Well, or you just don't you don't see Vader fighting that much like like that like yeah as yeah. as like a villain villain. It's just like, oh, he's fighting Obi-Wan in a terrible action scene in 5 or whatever movie that is. Did you think did you think he um do you think James Earl Jones sounded too old? I think that's what they were saying on yeah. Half of Bags. I think okay. I think he did. Yes. Did it, 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 it didn't jump out to me, but I also like I said I haven't watched the originals recently enough, so it probably wasn't as clear to me. Yeah, uh, as soon as like right as soon as he started talking, I like yeah, I, I did feel that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I think the yeah. Well, also, I mean, well, I mean, should they have done a voice synthesizer on him then, and, and like done everything with the others? It had. I, w- I would have. I would have walked out. So it's just like you. Well, not. Well, I mean, like you could have faked his voice, like you, like we're saying, they might have faked Leia, like, they faked Tarkin. I'm saying we should have like dropped you, it a little bit. Should you have done one of those or something on him? But I mean, I don't know. Maybe they could have like just had done the thing where they like take old lines he said and use that that word or that voice to like put it into a sentence or yeah. something. Um, yeah. uh, I don't know, but I like, yeah, I, I think they probably could have done that. Um, I like the, I think they have, they have Liberty with Darth Vader voice wise, I think in that way that they didn't use. Like he is an animatronic, like kind of like half man, half robot type thing. Right. And so if he's got that, um, you know, if he's, if he's got that, that quality and you got yeah whatever. you can play with it exactly like you can play with it and like get away with it. maybe like drop james earl jones's voice or like something like that like definitely but i did think the voice was like a little high-pitched and like you can tell that like james earl jones is like getting you know getting up there yeah i i agree very much so but mm-hmm. i don't know but I, you had to have it in there if he yeah. wasn't in there if they went with somebody else I would riot it. I mean, they're gonna have to at some point. Isn't James Earl Jones like fucking like eighty? He's like eight, he's like eighty. He's like eighty four. Yeah. Yeah. At some point they'll go with him, and I think they they do go with somebody else in the little animated uh, cartoon or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's the little cartoon. As long as he's kicking, he gotta be in this movie. Yeah, he's gonna turn eighty six on January seventeenth. So. Wow. Old as fuck, man. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to add, Richard? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. What about you, Josh? No, I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think. Like, I mean, it's at this point, it's been probably ten days since I saw it, but I, th- I feel like we, I feel like we pretty well covered it. I mean, I think, uh, I, I think we had a good discussion. I'm glad. I'm glad we had Richard come on because I think if, if if the two of us had just been talking about it, people would have comp- just w- called us haters. So That's what I told yeah, you, yeah, y'all I'm not a hater, dude. I'm just honest. <laughs> we're showing we're happy to have diversity of opinions on here. It's people that have well thought out opinions, and I think Richard certainly has his reasons, and he's pretty well versed in the Star Wars universe, so he's an informed person to have on to talk about something like this. Um, yeah, man. So yeah. Thanks for coming on, and um, hopefully we'll get some good reactions, and hopefully we can have you back on one of the next 18 Star Wars movies over the next 15 years. <laughs> and uh, uh, we'll see. Well, I'm sure we'll have some think pieces yeah. coming out soon on Marvel versus Star Wars franchise in like five years. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, wow. so oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> do you want to plug your your Twitter, your anything, Instagram, anything, Richard? Yeah, I am a uh, a humble college football writer by day. Um, you can find me at RJ underscore writes on Twitter. Um, and you can find everything I write on SBNation.com. Um, write a lot of stuff. Obviously, it's a pretty heavy season right now with bowls and whatnot. Um, so that's where you can find me. Um, I am uh, always open to go back and forth on Twitter about whatever, especially Star Wars. Um, especially so, Star Wars, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at a Clambake, A-K-L-E-M-B-A-K-E. And I'm at Josh Chernovoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y. And our podcast email is 52in52pod at gmail.com. Podcast Twitter, 52in52pod. Um, just uh, give us a follow. Tweet at us. Tell us that our Star Wars opinions are wrong and we're not fanboys. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.